How long should a podcast intro be exactly? And when should a podcast intro start? Definitely shouldn't be at the beginning. Anything at the very beginning, it just gets skipped, right? You just want that Netflix skip intro button. You just don't want it to be there. Obviously, the podcast app, you just skip in seconds, just blowing right past the thing, especially if you know how long the intro is. I myself change the intro every single time. I uh, have been doing it about a minute in, which seems seems like a good amount of time basically for me to get from the computer to my seat at least when having a guest. But I do like the idea of, of changing it up so you actually don't know when you can fast forward. You don't know when the podcast intro is over. And it's also nice when it does start later on because you can hook the person with some truly interesting, and of course, not at all meta or too self-referential uh, discussion to ensure that someone's podcast interest will remain completely peaked. Speaking of morbid, happy Easter, everybody. Not sure if you celebrated, even if you had just ham or Starburst jelly beans sometime in the last week. I'm sure that's that's pretty much good enough. It's a wonderful time of year. It's spring. I find myself loving spring. The more I get advanced in age, the the closer to 40 I get. I'm 32. Uh, each year in my 30s, I feel like 31, you, you get spring. 32, you really get spring. Maybe this is coronavirus. I'm not sure. You know, things sometimes find themselves in historical context. But I really love spring. I love the balance in it. You still have cold nights. You still have warm days. Uh, you still have hope, right? There's still so much of the year left. Again, talking about the fact that I'm 32 years old, feeling like I'm in the springtime of my life. Maybe that's why I'm loving spring. Anyway, I just, you know, seeing the green grass come back around St. Patrick's Day as an Irishman, obviously, uh, gotta love that too, you know. Matt is gonna be returning to the podcast in two days' time. Can't tell you how excited I am about this fact. I actually am like trying to squeeze this podcast in for a number of reasons, but in part, of course, just to strictly provide marketing for Matt's appearance in two days. So please uh, be sure to watch the 43rd episode of the podcast when Matt will be regaling us with every single thing I'm sure he's entertained and occupied himself with uh, in the last four months. You know, those uh, second half of Corona tips that maybe you didn't figure out and get to in the first half of Corona that uh, I'm sure at this point he, he must have mastered. Super excited, not just for Matt to return, but just to return to other things in normal life. Of course, socializing seeing other humans again, recording maybe with three people, maybe with four people, maybe hearing more than one perspective on, uh, on video in, in this uh, garage slash studio. Speaking of, I actually got the, I got some of the carpet down. So we, we have kind of a sound test here. We, we maybe have different acoustic principles versus uh, the last episode. So anyone with good headphones that, that's, that's truly paying attention to the waveforms here, let me know. Let me know what you think. I, I could use a, a second, third set of ears. But basketball is going to be returning soon, not just the, the full studio here with people in it, but ba- basketball is going to be great. I, I actually heard someone playing recently, uh, at, at recently meaning 40 seconds ago. Someone's playing at like 11 o'clock at night on Easter, which is when I'm recording this, but it was great. I actually went yesterday for the first time and I masked up and I was there. There weren't like a lot of people there yet. I was, you know, I wasn't like playing games. I was just there with a bubble person, Shivana, shout out. Uh, we were enjoying basketball, of course, and I, I really miss it. Obviously, it's going to be different when you actually play and shoot when you're around other people again. There's big difference between just like, you know, playing horse or, or whatnot, pig, and actually playing five on five. I found myself really sucking through air twice during masks during Corona. 
a lot of times doing like construction based stuff, it wasn't pleasant, but really like truly gasping for once playing the drums, recorded a jam journal and I was, I was really struggling after the first song, uh, even with the electronic drums, you know, hit like we were playing in like June. So it was, it was pretty, pretty warm outside. And just uh, yesterday, actually trying to play some basketball really intensely with this mask on. It was a new mask, felt comfortable around the ears, might've been a little heavier on the mouth. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, so maybe that was part of the equation, but in general, uh, I really loved getting out there. Can't wait to play basketball again. Shout out to the Park Basketball Gang if you guys are, I don't know, there, ready to play. I don't. I hope you are. Um, I, I like to play at an outdoor park with people. I'm realizing I shouldn't say his name. Like, this is, like, too public. I'm saying the name of the park. I'll, can't, I'll cancel it out. You guys know who you are. You know who you are. Other sports teams, though, and, like, sports leagues that I'm in on Facebook and, like, are in the groups for i've noticed that they're really starting to chirp up chime in now it's the very beginning of april people are getting vaccinated and seemingly more confident in future sports activities so it seems like people have been been really into that obviously trying to find the the sports game uh opportunities for the future I want to talk about a few things today not just spring and, and pleasantries and, and matt's glorious glorious return i'm going to talk about the fact that drums are actually multiple instruments you know, you always hear like bass, drums, guitar. It's like a single thing. Uh, I myself am a drummer. I always consider myself to be like a single instrument player. But I just realized they're not. They're like all different instruments. Some are like metal sheet discs. Some are mylar. They're plastic covered um, shells of wood, basically. Sometimes often covered in lacquer. And then you have like these foot these foot pedals that you're, you're stomping down on. You can hear. You can even get some acoustics here. And, and, you know, sometimes you're using a wood stick. Maybe sometimes you're using a, a metal stick if you're Lars Ehrlich. But there's there's a thousand different ways to play the drums. There's a thousand different instruments. They're multiple instruments. Second thing I'm going to talk about, of course, how do you top this? Second thing I'm planning on talking about is Steely Dan, which is comical. Uh, well, if I didn't know anything about Steely Dan or if you were asking me about this a year ago, it would feel comical. I don't know why that is. Um, I'll get into that, though. I will talk about why. It's comical, Steely Dan, but also just what's up with Steely Dan, what I what I think about Steely Dan. Steely Dan's great, I learned. I'd never listened to Steely Dan, ever. Um, I mentioned the comical thing. People, you know, they made fun of it for some reason. I don't know, Gen, Gen Xers or, or various people. Um, I don't get this. I saw some articles online. I haven't read it and gone through the thing pieces of it all yet. But Steely Dan is amazing music, and yeah, it's always seemed like some sort of punchline to me. Back to the drums being multiple instruments. Uh, I've been playing for 20 years, and this never truly dawned on me in this way. There were moments where I started to think that it was it was it was more that you had to master one type of skill and one type of execution, at least when you're thinking about your physical interfacing with the instrument. Uh, th this is, you know, using your hands to play the, the plastic sheet of the drum head, right? And, and your foot to play the metal rod that's holding the felt ball that's banging against, again, maybe a, a vertical plastic sheet, mylar skin drum head. These are different feelings. You know, you, you have different muscles that help you strike in different ways. Your calf is not nearly the same as your wrist. And... There are some instruments you're playing just with your mouth and the articulations are possibly, uh, you know, different versions of a, of a similar mouth movement or articulation, similar with maybe your, your two hands playing guitar, your feet too, if you're using stomp boxes, if you're into pedals, if you're cueing effects or playing notes, I don't know, sub-octaves bringing in other things. 
But with the drums, you're, you're talking different limbs, different joints. And then, of course, yeah, diff- like different materials. Again, the, the cymbals. One cymbal, it's just, it's up on a... It's up on a stand and you, you smash it right really hard and it just like shakes everywhere. It's the crash. It goes crazy. Another symbol, a ride, you, you're hitting it more uh, like in smaller hits, in, in like smaller little pings and not trying to just like crash, smash the whole thing like the crash. It's the ride symbol. You're just trying to get little pings and, and help the, the feeling and the sizzle of the song ride on. Of course, now I have to take you to the hi-hats. And yes, I'm staring at a drum kit, by the way. It's hard for me not to look at my drum kit. I finally just set my drum kit up. And yeah, you know, easiest to talk about the thing that's directly in front of you. But you have hi-hats now where, like, you're not just dealing with the one symbol. You're dealing with a second symbol in that same uh, area, orientation. No, not, not the same orientation, a completely flipped orientation. They're sandwiched. They're smacking together. You're using your foot, using your hand, using your foot and your hand in concert. It feels one way when they're taut and your foot's down, and it feels a total another way when your foot's up and it's loose. Might seem kind of funny. It might It might be like I'm trying to point out all these differences within interfacing with a drum set or drum, multiple drum sounds, rides, crashes that we traditionally like associate into, into one instrument. Obviously, all instruments have their sort of nuance in their difference. They, they might have different sizes or they, they might just be altered maybe even outside of the original discipline or the original interest of the instrument, the, the uh, original spirit of the instrument. Kind of like if you take a, an electric guitar, Stratocaster body and put like a bass guitar type pickup in there to now simultaneously turn that into sort of a bass and a guitar to make that a different experience for you. Drums are interesting because they, they force you into that different experience uh, of course, through being different instruments, if I haven't convinced you that already. Uh, but then, you know, you you seeing, interfacing, and hearing these in different ways. If you start to record drums too, if you get into the production element of drums, you notice this really instantly as well. Uh, if you're programming beats, maybe in a computer, a lot of times people will put the bass drum first. You're not actually programming all the sounds like you would with all your uh, your limbs, like you would a, like a normal quote unquote drummer would old school. I don't know how to even phrase this anymore. But programming beats, it's it's not uncommon to maybe bass, then do snare, you know, then maybe put in like little hi-hat clicks, taps, uh, maybe go back in, put something in the snare as a response to the hi-hats so you can compose in a completely different way. And you're definitely treating in that situation like the drums like they are treated uh, like they're completely different instruments. Also miking them. Like if you want to buy an audio interface and plug microphones into your computer, you learn quickly that channel one is guitar Channel two, maybe is bass. If you're playing this type of rock-based music, I would. Channel three is bass, drum. Channel four is snare drum. Channel five is time one. Channel six is time. You need, um, you need a bunch of channels for the drums. Maybe if, uh, you'd have to do, I'd say, at least three mics on a drum kit to get some sort of real definition. Uh, you know, Modern drum kits, though, they, they could have 10. It's unbelievable. They could have 20. They could be mic in the top. They could be mic in the bottom. Speaking of, for those of you who are not uh, acquainted in drums and still interested in drums at this point, they, they actually they have different types of plastic heads in the top and the bottom. They're supposed to have different thicknesses. Maybe they're supposed to be tuned differently. So in addition to learning how to take care of tuning a drum head, turning those keys, make, making the, the drum head have a certain pitch, you're, you're doing the other head on the same drum, on the bottom of that drum, you're doing it at a different level. 
and you're treating it differently, and it's it's just amazing the detail. Speaking of detail, Steely Dan. Steely Dan is a band I mentioned. It's like, it seemed like a punchline type thing. I brought this up to uh, Rob, friend of the podcast. I, I was lucky enough to see him outdoors at some point recently. And he was talking about how they made fun of Steely Dan and like 40-Year-Old Virgin. It came up there. Uh, I know I've heard it as like punchlines for other things. Honestly, recently, I thought Steely Dan was the Bulls theme song for anyone. You know, a lot of Chicago, anyways, Chicago's listening to this. This is the Alan's Parsons Project. I don't know why that was Steely Dan. I just somehow associated. <laughs> oh my God, there's a keyboard, right? This is a keyboard player in Steely Dan, right? It's a piano player in Steely Dan. But I always thought like the Bulls theme was Steely Dan and it just got roped into an era of music I just like, I guess wasn't listening to naturally. Uh, but it turns out I was. I was listening to his era, obviously Led Zeppelin, other bands that are maybe more popular and accepted in, in the current mainstream. But Steely Dan is great. Uh, I, without, just, <laughs> without just giving general descriptives, let me get specifically into it. Um, it's a band comprised of a number of different members. I'm not going to give you the whole history lesson, but it's basically two main people, Donald Fagan and Walter Becker, and then they hired s- session musicians to, to play a bunch of parts, but they would often write the scores. And they would have vibraphones in songs. They would have saxophones in songs. They would have solo sections in songs. They would have extremely high-quality audio recordings, like they were pretty cutting-edge in terms of the sound of the instruments. Which is, I think, something that's always admirable to try to be on the the leading edge of what a technological medium can even deliver, right? Um, interesting to be able to hear different drummers, I suppose, you know, with uh, different songwriters. It was great. I mentioned the solo uh, section thing. They have clean guitars in there. You know, most rock music you're hearing a lot of reverberated guitars. Maybe it's like delays in the guitars. And I actually love funk music. There's a lot of funky, clean uh, type of strumming in the, in these songs that I, I personally find like really fun and exciting. Steely Dan also just ended up being a fantastic thing to get into at the very end of a one-year pandemic, a uh, virus-based pandemic, in which case you, you could use like like happy, like kind of like put some energy in you type music. There's like, I don't know, six albums they made from 72 to 80 that are just incredible. Um Bodhisattva, I'm not pronouncing this right, is like the the first track off their second album. It's an amazing like rock song, has like, you know, the solo sections, like energy. And the second song, you, you listen to that song and then listen to the second song on the album and then boom, the vibraphones come in or like these different melodic elements you would never expect having just listened to like the blues-based uh, rock, rock song that just preceded it. So lots of surprises. Um, listening to other Steely, Steely Dan songs, Peg, I, the only thing I could think of was De La Soul because I listened to I Know, the song by De La Soul, over and over, and they sample it. And, there's, and there ended up being a bunch of these like samples you find in a lot of times hip-hop music that, that were Steely Dan, another one, Kanye's um, champion. He, he, he had Kid Charlemagne sampled. And I think Ka- Kanye was one of the first times I had heard of Steely Dan and wanted to listen to Steely Dan. Maybe I was, I don't know if I was watching a compilation of how he had sampled certain songs or if I heard him in some clip talking about Steely Dan, but that did, that did somehow cross my mind uh, in some way in the past. Like, wait, I like Kanye's music, his sample-based music, but I think I, I don't like Steely Dan, right? So what, this, like, this is incongruent. Like, this doesn't make sense to me. 
which just let me cut to the chase with this lesson. If you know, even if you think it's like not for you or it's like lame or something, which I felt like that about Steely Dan for some reason for 30 years that I've been alive, uh, it doesn't mean that it is. It could just be that there someone's having a specific reaction to that band. Uh, it might be that someone's into the f- feeling of a band or the fact that they they want a band to all be together. Maybe it's, it, someone would be sold out. But they feel like a band would be selling out a drummer by like hiring a different drummer for a different piece. It's hard to say. The music rocks. I mean, it's fantastic. It jazzes too. It's super jazzy. I didn't mention that. I, I the saxophone. If you couldn't figure it out with that, that that's something. Deacon Blues. Got to listen to that if you want to hear a saxophone solo. Also, just a hilarious comedic punchline like chorus. Um, I fucking love like musical comedy. It's ridiculous. Um, I, you, because I can be such like a media hater in some ways and and so like uptight, but there's something about musical comedy that I especially I've heard it a few times. It's just totally disarming to me. I think it's just kind of like it just like forces the connections in your brain. Like you have to be okay. Like you're playing certain chord changes and you're landing certain punchlines, and it just like has to work on some level. Uh, again, but you know this is probably me having grown up listening to enough of it and, and being interested in maybe in both music and comedy. So that that's something there. A couple other people that brought up C. Lee Dan that kind of like made me wonder or think um, someone related to, to Kanye, Mike Dean, his producer, I uh, heard him talking about once that he was like going back listening to a lot of Steely Dan. He like kind of makes all like half a fourth of modern music or, or has in the last like 10, 20 years and not even modern music. He was like Selena's band director in the nineties. Anyway, this guy's a legend. Uh, he, he brought up Seedley Dan. Same for Mac DeMarco. I heard him talking about recording techniques. I've found myself going down this rabbit hole of all these different recording techniques and studio practices that has kind of flared up some of this like Steely Dan talk. So I, I hope I've given you some reasons to listen to Steely Dan if you didn't already. I think being one of the most popular, famous bands in the world, I'm sure maybe you, you already had your own opinion of the band. Uh, it's just somehow they like were one of those bands. I listen to music. I've tried to go back, you know, like sometime in my 20s, like, oh, David Bowie. I never listened to David Bowie before. I thought this was just whatever, you know, and then same for the Beatles or like all these bands that you kind of like overlook and take for granted in a way. It's got me wondering. Especially with, uh, again, that clean guitar, that clean Stratocaster sound, and like the state, the state of modern music. Think about the electric guitar still being electronic music. You know, the electric guitar is it just it's an extremely expressive electronic instrument. So curious where clean electric guitar is gonna lay in the future of music. I don't know how long I've gone. I kind of wanted to to wrap it up here before uh, the the day was over. Let me give you just, uh, I don't know, a few more updates here. What's going on? I'm working on an attachment rock video. So this is like a new series type thing I'm doing. Uh, I still can't see Austin, who's like my cousin who plays guitar uh, predominantly, and Rob, like bass player that we, we did like jam journal together. I still have not been seeing them a lot. So we've been trying to like compose things via email attachment basically. And I'm actually putting together a video for the third song we made. Uh, so we, we did finish the the music. Actually, I opened the last podcast with the song that, that will be coming out in the third uh, Attachment Rock video. It is not labeled, but it'll be coming out sometime in April. So search search by date because uh, I didn't title the thing yet. Um, quickly about vaccines. This is kind of exciting. I think the last time I was on the pod, I podcasted, it was like three weeks ago, only one in... Only one in six people, counting myself, uh, in my bubble had been vaccinated at all. I'd received any any uh, vaccine. 
And now five out of six in my bubble uh, have received at least one dose. I'm the last person in my bubble actually to be receiving um, a vaccine. I, I feel lucky to say I, I, I do have an appointment this week. I just got one. So that now uh, will allow me to not be peer pressured by other people in my bubble, of course, to uh, get the vaccine. No, but I actually am shocked by how quickly this vaccine, it went from from people saying, why don't you wait actually to get the vaccine? You know, don't sign up. That's not cool. To, why did you wait? Why did you wait to 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 sign up to to try to get the vaccine? Uh, no, but seriously, like people just seem to like rush the gate. Um, so much so that like I've been listening to certain podcasts. Like two weeks ago, they were like, "Oh, getting the vaccine, whatever." One week ago, they're like, <laughs> they're they're talking about hanging out, and then the next week, they're like actively, clearly making it clear everyone has got gone back to normal life. This is like a rich person's podcast, the All In podcast. Actually, I was watching. Uh, which are, you know, they're like Silicon Valley, uh, venture capitalists, Chamath Palihapitiya and David Sachs, David Freeberg and, uh, Jason Kalkanis all in it's, it's, it is an interesting podcast in that they hold like tremendous positions of power and knowledge within Silicon Valley. So that I would recommend it for that reason. And of course, it's interesting to see how like truly rich and well-connected and wealthy people live and think, uh, it's actually, they end up re- really revealing themselves in, some of the elements of high society in a way through their relationships and through the, just the way that they speak without getting too much into class. You know, this is late night on Easter. I should wrap this up. Thank you everyone uh, for watching. I hope you've enjoyed this. I'm very excited for Matt to come back. Matt, if, uh, if you're watching, Lord knows I'm trying to practice, man. I'm trying to, trying to get this, this equipment back out, trying to, to stay on my chops for you, try to get the YouTube traffic up for you a little bit. And then, um, yeah, to everyone else, you know, that's been on the pod, I, I we got to schedule some stuff. The outdoors now, it's it's nice enough. We went from freezing to nice in about a week. And uh, again, I mentioned the vaccine. So it puts me about a month and a half out from being back to normal. I hope you're all able to savor uh, the last bit of time you have in this. <laughs> Look at me, I'm getting all nervous here hitting the mic. And what will be in probably, you know, a pretty unique time within um, your experience being alive. So Try to make the most of it and try to write some things down. I wanted to record this in part because uh, I'm getting my vaccine now. This is my last like Corona mindset, um, which I think was pretty clear uh, based on the composition of the theme music that I made before recording this. But but truly, I, I want you to, to find you know the good things in, in what you've done and what you're going to do. And um, if not, I don't know. You'll, you'll fucking figure it out. It's up to you. It's up to you. See you soon. Bye, everyone.